Welcome back to Passion Reflex. I am your host, Demi D, and today we are talking about your comfort zone. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. I am on the topic of comfort zone because just recently I myself have taken myself out of my comfort zone and it has been one of the hardest, one of the most motivating and encouraging couple of months I have had. And I I think when it comes to any situation where you are changing either your external environment or even internally when you're changing yourself, I feel like it's very powerful. And every part from the energy to everyone else's feelings towards these changes, it does really prove and show to you that you are in charge of your life and you have power that you don't even know you have at the end of the day. So hopefully this episode is helpful and here we go. Now, if you are not going through or wanting to go through change, that is totally understandable. I am someone who is not encouraged to have any type of change, whether it's the food that I order, whether it's the people I hang around, whether I am sporadic and want to do something out of nowhere with someone or even just by myself. I'm not that person. I am a very predictable person and I never really had any type of negativity towards that like I never thought it was a bad thing to be someone who like knows what they want because they always kind of want slash get the same thing all the time but just recently I've realized that it is very important to at least think about stepping out of your comfort zone for whatever reason it is for me it had to do with having that personal lifestyle change financially and also just through education. I feel like education is very vital when it comes to just making sure that you're more of a well-rounded person. I felt like at one point I plateaued in a couple of different areas in life that I had and was very consistent about. But I feel like when you're growing up or even when you're thinking about a certain career or whatever it is that you have a passion for, it sounds amazing when you're like, yeah, I want to be able to like plateau in that. I want to be able to get to the top and be the best at that. And that's amazing. It's not such a bad thing to master something that's incredible to master anything in, in life. But when it comes to you feeling as if you have hit the top or as if you have gotten to the point where you're not really wowing yourself anymore. It's not necessarily about what everyone else thinks. Who cares about what um, they think about your title or your career or whatever. But when it comes to you evaluating yourself and what you have a passion for, it is very important to make sure that you're wowing yourself and that you're continuing to grow and flourish into the person that you want to be. Whether you're 10 years old, 15, 35, 80, if you want to be and do things that are not your norm, I think that that's amazing and it just shows that you aren't the person that you were yesterday. 
And that's still valid now. You're not the same person you were yesterday. You're in charge of whatever it is that you want to do. And those changes that you want to make sound crazy right now. But I can tell you that just through personal experience, I have realized that change is not such a bad thing. Forbes.com has an article titled 10 Ways to Step Outside Your Comfort Zone and Why It's Important. I found this article to be pretty amusing at the beginning, but when it comes to just the list of things that you can start doing to just slowly but surely step out of your comfort zone, I think these were really, really cool and very helpful. Number one, seek out new and unfamiliar music and add it to your playlist, even if you don't like it the first time you hear it. As we get older, our try new things muscles get flabby. Keep them strong by introducing new sounds and sensations to your world. Try something new with a friend is number two. Or by yourself, a walking tour, an adult school class, or something else that could be fun. If you take the steps to find it, sign up for it and show up. Number three, try new ethnic restaurant with cuisine you've never tasted before. So what if you mispronounce the menu items? The restaurant staff is used to that. What if it were the most amazing dish you've ever tasted? That's something I have definitely been introduced to is when you do meet new people, they're like, hey, have you tried this place? And then you go meet them there and I'm still that person that's like, order for me. I don't want to like pick something that I've never tried. So I'll literally tell them to just recommend a menu item on the list. And usually I'll either go off that item, which is more than likely I will, or I will like keep looking at the menu and say to myself, okay, that one is mine because it has all these things that sound really good. And with food, I get super excited about so. If I see something that I really like, that's so me, and I get it. Number four, go to the library and check out some new books based on the readers or library staff's recommendations. Dive into a novel and nonfiction book. Many people give up reading because they become too busy. They forget how reading expands the worldview and builds their mojo fuel tank, in their words. (laughs) I think that's fun. I know a lot of people don't go to the library as often as they used to, but I feel like it can apply anywhere that you aren't necessarily, somewhere even that you're used to going. I think it'd be way outside the box to be somewhere and like have them recommend a full price DVD, but maybe even hanging out with friends and just picking out like a random red box. I don't know, doing something along those lines if the library thing doesn't pertain to you. (laughs) Number five, write down your problems and look for the part of each problem that you have control over. If you look carefully, you will see that you have much more influence over your obstacles than you think. Often the influence you have only be tapped when you step through fear. Look at each problem on your list and ask yourself, what fear is keeping me from surmounting this problem? I had done this without before I read this article, but that is very similar to what I did when I was just going over the worst case scenario for making that change that I wanted to make. And unfortunately, what ended up happening was I had so much 
I just have so much like an overload of emotions and usually I allow that to get the best of me and to determine what I want to do with my life and what I want to do with my day all, all pretty much all the above and when I was going over what changes or what I wanted in my life and what was stopping me it 100% was fear. I don't want to do something and then disappoint myself. I don't want to do something, disappoint others. I don't want to hurt myself if it isn't something that I really had wanted in the first place. And I don't want to upset everyone else. And I think a part of growing up is realizing, the part of adulting is realizing that you are in charge of yourself and other people are in charge of their selves and if it's meant to happen with you staying in contact with them is if it just so happens that these people truly care about you then you'll never lose them and that was has been for I feel like ever for it's been a fear of mine that I don't want to lose anyone, whether it's in my family, whether it's friends, whether it's these really awesome acquaintances, I feel attached to them right away. And it's almost like strings attached. I just don't want to let go. And whether that's in my vicinity, whether that's if they're moving or, you know, conversations I can end. But as far as just thinking about them being out of my life or my everyday life or my just normal lifestyle it's really really hard and you find ways to connect with people and keep that connection but like I said if it wasn't meant to happen and all that was keeping y'all together was where you went all the time together or just something that small then More than likely, 20 years down the line, you weren't going to be acquaintances or friends with them anyways. Number six, drive home from work a different way than you'd normally do or purposely get lost in your town and find your way home. Maybe you'll come across a new neighborhood that you need to explore later. I am super weird when it comes to just loving to go on drives. And normally, of course, I want my husband there with me, but I... I'm pretty used to living on the outskirts of the city and it's so much fun and so relaxing and so relieving to just see new, just pieces of land, see new neighborhoods, new ways that you can enjoy the sunset or, you know, the sunrise or just in general, when you kind of just stimulate your brain with that and see new things, it's, I mean, it's probably not the most exciting thing to you, but it's really exciting for me to appreciate that. And even if it's just that little change of speed of making sure that you're just doing little things for yourself or with someone, I think it's just really fun and can make a small difference, but it can increase maybe your amount of stress. It can maybe 
decrease. I mean, getting lost, though, that part, I don't know if I agree with that. I wouldn't get lost, especially if you don't have, like, a super, you know, 2019 or 2017 car. Even if you do, I know a lot of stuff can happen. So that's not safe unless you have or know a mechanic um, that you trust. But when it comes to, I'm just, again, it's all about comfort zones. So I'm over here thinking, like, oh, my gosh, that's out of your comfort zone. That's scary to be out of an area that you're not used to being in. But just knowing where you're going and taking the detour, that's not such a bad idea. You know, making it a point to have your GPS somewhere safe in your car and kind of just knowing what way, what direction you want to go to and finding a new way to do that. I think there's no problem with that. And I, for one, do it to get out of traffic, so I normally don't do it to just do it. I do it to kind of make an alternate route for myself to not be in traffic. That's kind of the worst thing. Number seven, vary your wardrobe. Think about your look. Does your look still represent you, or is it a holdover from a long-ago version of you? I've stuck to about seven to eight years worth of like clothing pieces articles of clothing that I have and have had since then or longer which is crazy but I just recently the past I would say the past year I have gone shopping and love to go shopping um I've never been that person that needed to just like throw away or get rid of clothes just because I wore them a lot I think because I am such a sentimental person, I love to hold on to clothing, and it means a lot to me. Um, since my grandma's passed, there's, I mean, I've never even thought about giving them away or anything, but there's pieces of clothing that are very occasional in terms of, I can't wear them every single day, obviously, but I feel like I'll forever have them because she specifically gifted them to me and they hold such a strong sentimental value to me I wouldn't trade them for the world literally number eight think about your personal life what do you want to accomplish after you've cracked the basic code which is an example is how to stay alive and keep a roof over your head write about it create a vision for your for your life you don't have to tell anyone about it you can refine it by yourself over time I I'm a very visual person, so I do kind of constantly think, which is why I say I'm an overthinker, and I'm still working on that, but sometimes it's to my benefit, and I will get really into just visualizing where I want to be, and it's literally just that simple. If you take like 30 seconds out of your day and you just think, about where you want to be, whether it's tomorrow, whether it's the next year, 20 years. It's very impactful, and it just makes you almost feel like you can grasp it, like it's that close. And usually, more or less, it is us that has a little bit of control over the situation and can make a change to move towards that, towards that vision. Number nine, check in with a friend you haven't seen in ages. Reach out to someone you barely know and invite them for coffee or lunch. Expand your social circle at work and everywhere. 
I mean, if you don't know someone, know someone, I wouldn't support just inviting them for coffee or lunch. But if they're, yeah, which sounds like they're just talking about a situation where you are around people that you don't necessarily have a connection with and don't formally know each other. I can tell you I have had good experiences most of the time. I'm sure I've had some bad experiences, but having, when you have like friends that you can almost just trust everything that they say and their actions and just their morality, if they have friends, it's cute to do something like a girl's night and tell them to invite their girlfriends. I mean, that's a really good kind of safe circle with making sure that you are obviously still stepping out of your comfort zone. You can go somewhere with them that you haven't been before or something like that. But when it comes to, yeah, just going up to someone you work with or something and be like, hey, want to go out for coffee or lunch? I mean, I wouldn't necessarily support that just because you don't know. People can go to work and seem completely safe and you don't know them. So I would just go with asking a good friend of yours, someone that you trust, a family member, one of their friends or some some of their friends to go hang out with them. And I think that's a really good balance. And that way you kind of just make sure that you're not just next to them the whole time. You can kind of get to know their friends or whoever they know. And finally, number 10, give yourself permission to dream about your own possibilities far beyond your current job and your current life situation. Let your mind wander as far as it wants to go. Your potential is limitless, but only when you get the memo. Another helpful article is titled Six Reasons to Step Outside Your Comfort Zone by Carolyn Gregory on the HuffPost.com website. Many of us think of comfort zone as a relic of 80s motivational psychology and a tagline on cheesy corporate reach for success posters. But in fact, the comfort zone is a useful psychological concept that can help you embrace risk and make changes in your life that can lead to real personal growth. The comfort zone, as defined by Lifehacker, is a behavioral space where activities and behaviors fit a routine and pattern that minimizes stress and risk. The operative words here being stress and risk. In our comfort zone, there is a sense of familiarity, excuse me, security and certainty. When we step outside of our comfort zone, we're taking a risk and opening ourselves up to the possibility of stress and anxiety. We're not quite sure what will happen and how we will react. We've come to see stress as a dirty word and for good reason, but a little bit of healthy stress can actually act as a catalyst for growth and provide powerful motivation to act. Within our comfort zones, generally speaking, there's a little stress. According to one theory, the term comfort zone originated in reference to the temperature zone 67 to 78 degrees where we're most comfortable and neither hot nor cold. Psychologically, our comfort zone is the place we are most at home. While staying in our comfort zone can result in consistent steady performance, stepping out of our comfort zone into new challenge, challenging tasks can create the conditions for optimal performance. Think about it. Did you ever do something you were really proud of when you were in autopilot mode? And in increasingly competitive cautions and accelerated world, those who are willing to take risks, 
step outside of their comfort zone and into the discomfort of uncertainty will be those who will reap the biggest rewards by Margie Worrell writes in Forbes. The first one is, we're wired to seek out comfort, which is why it's so hard to let go. Humans are creatures of comfort. Our comfort zone is our natural neutral state, a place where stress and anxiety are minimal, where we know what's coming next and can plan accordingly. There's nothing wrong with being in your comfort zone unless you get too comfortable and start holding yourself back instead of challenging yourself to learn, grow, and try new things. Being slightly uncomfortable, whether not by choice, can push us to achieve goals we never thought we could, but it's important to remember that we don't need to challenge ourselves and be productive all the time. As Alina Tujin put it in the New York Times, it's a good step out of our comfort zone, but it's also good to be able to go back in. Challenging yourself is number two, can help you perform at your peak. Stepping outside our one's comfort zone is an important and also universal factor in personal growth. How can we expect to evolve in our lives and careers if we only stick to habit and routine? Reaching new heights involves the risk of attempting something we might not succeed at. A little anxiety can help us perform at our peak, psychologists have found. In other words, when we challenge ourselves, we tend to rise to the occasion. I 100% think that it is very, almost just exhilarating to be the person that doesn't know it all. Not that it's right to be a know-it-all, but when you like I said earlier, hit that plateau, it just, it's no fun. When you hang around or just in general revolve around people that know about a completely different, whether it's career or topic, and they know, and they're an expert on it or a master on it, it's amazing. And it's so interesting to hear and see what they do. And you learn from them and you also get to just have this exhilarating moment even if it's just with yourself and you think to yourself like wow just when I thought that I was you know bored of learning or bored with what I was doing or even just in general ready for change it's amazing to get in that moment and just appreciate that when you are out of your comfort zone, you literally are growing and it almost even helps your ego, even though you feel like your ego might be diminished when you're around people that may, you know, know more about you with a topic that you either haven't been interested in or you just had no idea about the things that they're talking about. It humbles you and a lot of times we get in that not boring state but it's just so stable that it's it's not exhilarating and when you put yourself in that exhilarating state where your surroundings are not close to what you're used to it literally makes you a whole other person in a good way taking risks is what helps us grow. As children, we're natural risk takers, but as we get older and learn to fear failure, we start holding ourselves back and attempting fewer, newer things. 
This comes at a high cost to our tremendous potential for lifelong growth and transformation. It also says we pay a heavy price for our fear of failure. The author John Gardner wrote in Self Renewal, it is a powerful obstacle to growth. It assures a progressive narrowing of the personality and prevents exploration and experimentation. This is no learning with some difficulty and fumbling. If you want to keep on learning, you must keep on risking failure. All your life, it's as simple as that. I think that that was the number one reason why I just couldn't get up and do something that I really, really wanted to do is how quick and easy it is to fail. It doesn't make it so enticing to want to do things. Whether even as small as me picking the wrong item off the menu that I thought was going to be good and I ended up picking that instead of picking the normal thing I usually get and know that I love and that within itself makes me feel like I failed. Like I'm like, wow, well, I should have just stuck with my gut and gotten the same thing I usually get. And that's such a small example, but I think when you expand it and you apply it to things in your life that you already have some type of knowledge on how bad or the worst case scenario on what would happen if you did choose the wrong decision or the wrong path. Trying new things can make you more creative. Creativity is innately risky. When we share creative work, we open ourselves up to vulnerability and possible rejection. At the same time, risking failure increases the possibility of great creative achievement. Creates fail and the really good ones fail often. Forbes contributor Steve Kotler wrote in a piece about Einstein. Stepping out of your comfort zone, even when once, makes it easier and more likely that you'll do it again. Case in point 2012 research found that studying abroad resulted in boosts in students' creativity. Students who spent a semester in Spain or scored higher on two different tests of creativity than students who did not study abroad and becoming a person who regularly takes calculated risks, challenges yourself, and tries new things, you'll cultivate openness to experience one of what's known in psychology as the big five personality traits, openness to the experience, experience which is characterized by qualities like intellectual curiosity, imagination, emotional and fantasy interests, and a drive to explore one's inner and outer lives has been shown to be the best predictor of creative achievement. Embracing new challenges can help you age better. Our comfort zones tend to shrink as we get older. But if you, if we keep expanding them, we'll open ourselves up to greater fulfillment and improve well-being as we age. A 2013 study found that learning and demanding life skills will also maintain a strong social network and can help us stay mentally sharp as we get older. Things... The findings suggest that engagement alone is not enough. The study led researcher Denise Park, a psychologist at the University of Texas, told the American Psychological Association the three learning groups were pushed very hard to keep learning more and mastering more tasks and skills. Only the groups that were confronted with continuous and prolonged mental challenge, a challenge improved. So... Only the groups that were confronted with continuous and prolonged mental challenge improved. That means that even 
though we do run away from challenges, if you just continue to almost expect a challenge and you're ready for it and you continue to be this, have this mindset that you're only going to improve. And I think in the service industry that I've been in, not being a server, but just serving people, that has been one of the top traits that I admire so much is when people are just great troubleshooters. And I know someone specifically that just is amazing, 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 amazing at taking some type of problem or challenge and troubleshooting it and understanding and knowing what they did in and out. And I think that that's so admirable because there is literally no fear in this person's eyes when they do it. They have been in not only the industry, but they've been in those situations time to time and time again, and they're not afraid of it. So when this person who is a boss, who is amazing at what she does, when she knows that someone around her, whether it's anyone who's just running into a problem, she's there to help and knows how to get it done. And I think that's so amazing. That's such an amazing trait to have when you're just ready to take on a challenge and know that you can get it done. And last but not least, don't push yourself too far. A famous experiment conducted on mice in 1908 by Robert M. Yerkes and John D. Donson found that stimulation can improve performance, but only to a certain extent. Performance was improved up to the level of optimal anxiety. Beyond that level, there was too much stress and performance was dropped. What's now called the Yerkes-Dodson Law refers to the curve of performance peaking at the, op- at the point of optimal anxiety and lowering with both too little and too much anxiety. So as for that, it is very important to make sure that you aren't putting an overload on yourself and thinking, okay, well, I can t- take on anything. I can challenge myself with anything now and step out of my comfort zone. Just make sure that you are remembering that Self-care is super important and making yourself work on overload and take on just too much is not going to be the healthy or the right solution for what you want to do and what you want to get done. And last but not least, there is a really great article that I the second one that I found on Forbes.com, and it is titled, Why Feeling Uncomfortable is a Key to Success. Now, number one is get a clear head. When you're feeling uncomfortable about something, it seems as though it's a drum beating inside your mind. There's no way to make a sound decision when you feel like this, so you need to clear the noise. The best way to do it is different for every person, but it could take the form of reading, a good conversation with an old friend, or a quiet meditation. Neuroscientists at Brown University recently confirmed in 2015 
study that the key to optimal inattention lies in occupying your mind with something else through distraction. You can't ever completely clear your head, but you can focus your attention to bring clarity of thought. When you concentrate your attention on one thing, you inevitably engage the parallel act of purposefully ignoring other things. With that said, sometimes all you really need to focus and minimize discomfort is to do a brain dump. Get your ideas out of your head onto paper where you can physically see them. That helps to relieve and clear your mind. I do want to say, because I forgot to mention it, Sujan Patel is the writer of this article that I liked a lot. So number two is identify the source. It might be a complete, completely evident to you what the source of your discomfort is. What you may not be able to immediately recognize is why you're feeling the way you are. What is it about the situation that's triggering the feelings? Are you terrified of rejection from your first outreach email? Are you embarrassed about being on camera in an explainer video? Do you need to pitch an investor? Are you suffering from imposter syndrome? All this is saying, I can guarantee that scaling and growing a business is going to be a source of discomfort for a lot of entrepreneurs. Change can be a difficult pill to swallow for anyone, especially when the business you started. What's that's been operating just fine and growing suddenly needs change. Just because you're successful building a small business doesn't mean you'll be successful building a big business, says Robert Kiyosaki author of the Rich Dad series of books. Sudden change brings discomfort you've never even thought would surface. The key is to recognize where it's coming from so you can legitimize it and act accordingly. That leads to the greater reward. In his book, Lynchpin, Are You Indispensable? Seth Godwin wrote, Discomfort brings engagement and change. Discomfort means you're doing something that others were unlikely to do because they're hiding out of out in their comfort zone. When you're uncomfortable, actions lead to success. The organization rewards you and brings you back for more. Number three, the reflect. Think about another time when you, when something you did brought up similar feelings of discomfort. How did that play out for you? This is your opportunity to celebrate the small wins you previously had and remind yourself of the growth that came from a previously uncomfortable situation. At the same time, think about those situations where similar feelings and actions led to what you deem as a failure. As Dr. Martin Seligman, founder of Positive Psychology, once said, it's not our failures that determine our future success, but how we explain it to ourselves. I've Never heard a millionaire entrepreneur say that hit right the first time out, says Steve Sebold, whose book How Rich People Think is a culmination of 30 years of interviews. The bigger they are, the more they're typically failed. And they use what they learn from those failures to counter discomfort, move forward, and finally take the plunge. Despite feelings of uncertainty and doubt, failure is an asset. You should learn to see it that way. It's a natural inclination to long for knowledge and answers so you don't understand how to better run your business. So you do understand how to better run your business and know what to avoid. As long as you're learning from mistakes, then you become more valuable with each and every misstep. Number four, take the plunge. Many times there's so much you want to do and you have so many ideas you want to explore. 
that you struggle to take action of any of them. That discomfort, fear, or uncertainty paralyzes you. That's the point where you start listening to the doubts of yourselves and others. The voice in your head becomes a breeding ground for negativity. If you feel uncomfortable, then there's ultimately doing there's ultimate you're ultimately doing something right. But toe dipping outside your safe space never really gets things moving. You need to dive in head on and fully immerse yourself. That might be more stressful, but there's no better way to get the process going so you can be on move beyond that one thing holding you back. Mark Zuckerberg once said, "The biggest risk is taking any is not taking any risk." In a world that's changing really quickly, the only strategy that is guaranteed to fail is not taking any risks. Of course, not all discomfort serves a positive purpose or will contribute to your growth. Standing in front of a moving bus isn't recommended. You have to be selective about how, when, and why you're embracing the discomfort of a given situation and how it can benefit you. Ultimately, you have to find the courage, awareness, and understanding that allow you to see the problems and hurdles for what they are, opportunities to grow and learn. I love this article because it very simply puts how just doing what you anticipate being your fear, it will change you and not saying that you can't be the same person that you are right now but changing the parts of yourself that you don't necessarily enjoy that you don't necessarily admire or that you don't necessarily to yourself kind of just pride yourself on it is very valuable to just remember that you are able to do these small little things for one of them or none of the ones that I said and something that you created yourself to just make yourself feel like you're doing something more and it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to again you know get a whole bunch of stuff on your plate and be overwhelmed but doing at the pace that you want or even just the pace that you don't want but you know what it entails and you know it's worth it and you just go for it. I can say that it is such a powerful feeling to know that you are in charge of your own life and no one is telling you that you can't do this, you can't do that as much as sometimes we tell ourselves we can't do this, we can't do that. And remembering that you are original You don't have to follow someone's specific path. You can do things the way you want to do it in your organization and in the way that you feel is best for yourself. And I think at one point that I had said in a previous episode here on Passion Reflex is there was one point in my life where I did not want to leave my house and this episode is the episode titled why I quit the Miati and when it came to just how paralyzed I made myself it was in a sense for good reason but 
now that I'm going to be 26 in October, I just think back about that time in my life. And although I love myself and have empathy and, you know, understanding for myself, I still have, you know, little bits of me that's like, wow, all that time was wasted. I can't get that back. And whatever your religion or belief is when it comes to life, I do live by the motto of you want to live every day like it's your last. You don't know if you have tomorrow. You're never promised tomorrow. So I just encourage you to do anything that just makes you feel a little bit more stimulated than you felt today or that you felt yesterday. I want you to just make these small changes, whether it's picking something off the menu that you've never tried, something that small, and just see how you feel. And if it is something that disappointed you, remember that failure is only characterizes what you consider failure to be. I hope this episode was helpful for you. I do appreciate you tuning in. This is a really great topic that you can also just have with yourself and kind of talk things over when it comes to writing them down on paper or just if you're visual, you know, just thinking about what what would be different if you made different moves, different steps, and where would that lead you? Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Passion Reflex. I'm Demi D, and we'll go ahead and talk some more next episode. Thank you so much.